That's brilliant. What a great recommendation to send us off into the world with. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I am your dad. Welcome to D&D Dads, an advice show where two dads answer your role-playing questions. I'm your dad, Brennan Taylor, and I've got cabin fever. And I'm your dad, J.R. Blackwell, and I've got a project in the basement. So, uh, Brennan, what's your big dad energy this week? Uh, this week has been a sort of a nightmare of big dad energy. The, uh, the energy Ooh. of trying to help my kids navigate the healthcare system. Oh, geez. <laughs> Both of them had their their doctor, their primary care doctor, basically shut down. Oh, jeez! And, and then they needed medications. <laughs> oh, jeez! Oh, jeez! So trying to get that to happen has been a real uh, a real uh, mentoring project because they're both too old for me to do it for them. Yeah. At this point, so I've yeah. got to help them through the steps of multiple calls which they hate yeah that's sort of like you're you're icing the dad cake now you know you're like (laughs) you've 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 baked the cake and now you're now you're icing it and as they as they reach completion yeah yeah still still a cake needs icing so (laughs) (laughs) so uh, what's your big dad energy well my big dad energy this week is that i'm seriously considering buying a grill like I've had Ooh. some serious thoughts about a grill and putting a grill on the deck and what we would do with said grill. And I think it's that, you know, confined to a space like I had, like we've been, um, I'm like, how can I make our spaces do more things? What if I could cook in multiple rooms? Amazing. <laughs> yes. And, and in the summertime, cook outside where. Right. Uh, so that it's not hot in the house. That's exactly. also a nice thing about grilling. Exactly. So, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. There's, there's some serious dad things going on around here. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, our guest dad this week is James D'Amato, a accomplished podcaster and author. James is one of the creators of the One Shot Podcast Network. Uh, he's a Chicago-based podcaster and improviser and is involved in a number of podcasts as the host of the One Shot Podcast the Overshare, host of Critical Success, and a regular performer on the Campaign Podcast. Um, He's also the author of several books of RPG advice. Welcome to the show, James. Hello, heroes. I'm your dad now. (laughs) Perfect. Perfect. So what what kind of big dad energy have you had this week, James? Before we get to that, I will issue a correction. I am now also the host of the campaign podcast. Oh, Um, wow. Okay. uh, That that transition happened uh, a little over a year ago. We've been doing a different campaign there. So uh, just just so that the record is straight uh, on that. But my big dad energy, it's very funny that you mentioned grilling. Um, mm-hmm. Right now, I am sheltering in place in Wisconsin uh, with one of my buddies uh, in one of his guest homes. Uh, but uh, one of the things that he did uh, for everybody who's like in this weird little collective uh, where we kind of fled uh, the cities to to hang out with each other 
uh, he purchased half a cow. And so there's, yeah, there's just an absurd amount of meat that we have divided up between three different households. Uh, So now, uh, like, literally, I want to say an hour before we started this recording, I walked a huge box of meat over to my refrigerator and just the freezer is jam-packed like Tetris, perfect, every square inch is full of beef right now. Oh, wow. Uh, wow. Which, I, I mean, it, it can't get much more dad than that, folks. I guess, sure. I suppose, having a child. But right. after that... <laughs> Many of you our do, guest dads don't, don't, don't have, have children. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't have to have a child to be a guest dad. So yeah, yeah that's, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So yeah. I mean, as you as as we've been talking about, this episode is being recorded in the midst of an unprecedented pandemic. So mm. that's for so the question from our listener um, comes from that. Um, the listener says. The pandemic has forced me and pretty much everyone else to either game online or not at all. Our question this week is, how do you get going with online gaming and how do you make it work for the long term? Well, it's an interesting thing to bring this question to me, uh, or I guess it would have been like two years ago because we're one of the few uh, role-playing like uh, actual play outlets that most of our performers are in the same city and, mm-hmm. you know, we have our own studio. So we used to do pretty much all of our recording in person. Um, wow. However, after I, I, I took over campaign and uh, we started doing our Skyjacks run, um, which uh, had a slightly different cast, um, including uh, Tyler Davis, who has just been an amazing addition to our cast. Tyler uh, has the drawback of being extremely talented and about, uh, I want to say, a year into our show, Tyler got cast uh, for a CBS diversity showcase and had to move to L.A., Uh, so we had to take the recording that we did for campaign online in order to keep the show going. And Tyler is, you know, obviously very generous to still be recording with us as he is off in Hollywood making actual television. Um, But yeah, we we kind of had to transition what was an extremely comfortable and entrenched atmosphere uh, being around each other and work to rebuild that connection and that that, uh, comfortable flow over the internet. Uh, And so now we're in the end times and we're pretty prepared for it. That's good. Yeah, I feel like everybody is kind of in that position now. Mm-hmm. I, I I have a local D&D group that we've been meeting for about a year and uh, in person, and now we're doing it online, even though we all live within a few blocks of each other. So, <laughs> Yeah, I think that story is just, it's so familiar in that, um, you know, I, I, the many people that can do online gaming and that love doing online gaming maybe they were already doing it but there are a lot of people out there who just have their regular groups that get together and aren't sure how how do we do that you know face to face and and interaction and all that like you said that comfort that you built at the table how do we do that online 
Yeah. Uh, so the biggest thing, uh, before we get into solutions like technology-based solutions mm -hmm. and whatnot, biggest thing that I think people need to understand about online gaming is it does feel a little bit different than face-to-face -face gaming. Um, mm -hmm. There are things that you do face-to-face, -face, ways that you behave face-to-face -face that are drastically going to change when the people are no longer in the room with you. And the biggest skill that I think you need to develop is the skill of give and take. Uh, that is the ability to stop talking when someone else starts talking and actually learn how to share the spotlight of your game. Uh, because in real life, you know, if you have something to say, you can make your body language suggest that you're ready to interject or you can... Uh, know get cut off by someone as they interject with, with their own thing uh you have to be a lot more conscious of the people around you when you're online because it, they don't have as robust tools to signal to you like "Ooh, i have an idea right now or "Ooh, i'd like to jump in you need to make conscious decisions to create space in what you say and more than that you need to attentively and actively listen to everybody in your group uh, to make sure that you catch when they are looking to contribute. Absolutely. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, I mean, I, I think that's part of why I feel a little strange gaming online all the time, you know, uh, is, is, is that lack of that sort of body language cue. Uh, yeah. The, uh, the ability for me to tell when people are, are ready to talk. So even even with video calling, it, it can be tough, right? Mm -hmm. Because like those boxes uh, with all of your <laughs> friends in them, they're so small, and like <laughs> it's it's a lot to divide. Like the you really don't appreciate how much uh, you benefit from body language until it all disappears from you. Yeah. Now, I, I have had the good fortune of most of my gaming over the last you know six or seven years uh, being recorded, which uh, gave me a big advantage in that we can't have crosstalk on podcasts because if you do have crosstalk on a podcast, the audience can't understand what's going on. Uh, so like we had to really develop those give and take skills early on to the point where now they're second nature to me and jumping online doesn't feel bad. I, I do still prefer gaming in person, uh, but I, I really prefer the uh, give and take atmosphere that we developed through doing actual play. Uh, just being aware that you can't talk over each other or around each other or anything like that means that if you're not the one talking, you have to be attentively engaged in the game, which uh, it, it, it just makes such a huge difference. And uh, I think actually a really positive difference. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I really love that listening is such a key element for making online gaming work. Uh, one of the things that uh, Brennan and I have uh, been talking about with guests as we've recorded this season of D&D Dads is a lot about relationships and caring for the people in the games with you. And I think that kind of listening, that active listening is another way that um, we can care for other people at the table. Absolutely. I mean, it, it, it's the root of a lot of the communication tools 
that I discuss uh, in, in the Ultimate RPG Gameplay Guide. It's the root of what makes improv as a uh, performance technique work. And actually, when you get to an online space with gaming, part of that is physically trying to listen to people uh, because it's harder to communicate when you're not there with them. Yeah, uh, the distance is... Uh you know the the sort of like the distance that just especially if you're just voice avoiding talking over each other and that sort of thing you know that's that seems to be the the main problem that i have and and of course people who don't have the right habits yet uh in my regular gaming groups um chatting in the background when other people are talking Yeah, it's it's just absolutely not going to work, which I mean, you do lose things from that, right? Right. Or losing the ability to have a small side conversation as characters or uh, you're, you're losing the ability to plan something while a scene is ongoing. It means that every bit of space in your game is spotlight space. If one character is going to talk to another character, Everyone at the table is going to have to attend to and engage with that, uh, which might affect like what you say. Uh, you know, there's probably going to be no snide comment that your bard makes leaning over to the sorcerer while the paladin is is talking to an NPC. Like you lose that, uh, which is is definitely a, a loss of something. But if you are going to have like all of the space in your game be spotlighted space, it does mean that the things that you choose to include with your time uh, are more intention driven, uh, which can actually make it uh, more fun to play. I really like how you use the phrase spotlight space and thinking about structuring a game as that series of spotlights, you know, moving the spotlight from character to character almost like they're they're each singing their their solo or maybe a duet but it's it's and thinking about it that way is is really clarifying for me thinking about building building online games uh going forward because i wasn't sure how to how to do it with uh, with everyone interacting and getting the same feeling but circling back to something you said at the beginning i love the idea of setting up the expectation like let's not expect this to be the same as it was let's not try to make it let's not try to recreate the table let's make something that really fits the space that we're in right now i think that's a really beautiful way to approach it Absolutely, because I mean, if you go into an online experience expecting to have the experience that you have at a physical table, you're just setting yourself up for a bad time. Uh, you're what you're going to find in an online role playing experience is going to be similar to what you get at your regular table, but it will have key differences. And if you embrace those differences and lean into them, you'll find yourself. Uh, just, just like your expectations will glide you to a much uh, better time when you're doing that. Uh, you know, and, and talking about things in terms of spotlight space, I explained this in the Ultimate RPG Guide, and everybody probably knows this instinctually, but there are kind of two levels to every game that you're having. Um, there is what is physically said aloud at the table and enters into the common fiction and the common understanding of what's going on 
And then there's the internal piece of the game that you have that lives just in your head. Mm-hmm. So like when your GM introduces an NPC, uh, you know, that NPC, you can imagine them with brown hair until the GM tells you, oh, by the way, this person is a six foot tall lizard. You're like, okay, I've now got to adjust that. Uh, and what has been said in like the common fiction of the table, the actual text of the game has now affected my mental space. And we're at a physical table. We have a lot more amorphous sense of what the actual text of the game is. Because as I said, you can in character lean over to another person at the table and say something to them. Uh, And that becomes the text of the game for you two, but not everybody else at the table really has a handle on that. Um, So only when you bring whatever is said into in in front of everybody and actually bring it into a spotlighted space, uh, does it enter everyone's common game text. So when we have an online game, so much of the game, everything that you engaged with is going to be text. Every scene that you choose to have, every uh, little role that you decide to incorporate, all becomes a part of the game. So there's a sense of also wanting to be more conscientious with the time uh, that you dedicate uh, with other people's you know, characters and whatnot. If you have a very long scene with an NPC that's just you and the GM, at a table, other people can still do things. But mm-hmm. if you're not at the table, everybody's like, well, I guess we're just watching this long scene of the three hours that we got to play. 35 minutes of that was just one player talking to the GM. Uh, it, it, it creates an extension of what to think about. So like, again, that active listening, that active moving and rearranging the spotlight, giving and taking focus in the game, it just becomes a much different dynamic when you can't be there around each other. Welcome to D&D Ads, where we're talking about uh, people who have sponsored our show. And uh, the sponsor this week is Galileo Games, who happens to be my company. Galileo Games, the makers of fine RPGs and books. Exactly. And uh, in order to avoid just coming on here and talking about my own products, I'm going to have JR talk about uh, Bulldogs, which is a sci-fi RPG that we produce. Bulldogs is a fantastic game. It's a space opera where you're in like a high adventure. It's about blasters and faster than light travel and uh, uses a fate system. But I think the thing that makes Bulldogs special to me is that one time Brennan Taylor left the Bulldogs book at my house. And um, now when I'm having trouble trying to come up with ideas for my role-playing game, I just open to any random page and I start reading. And then I come up with, then I have like a stroke of inspiration. So I feel like Bulldogs is sort of like this, uh, it's a magic book for your RPG, whether you're running Bulldogs or not. What, what was inspiring to you that you read last time? Okay, so I was trying to think about how to get my players more engaged in the game that we were playing because I was building out a world. And you know, like when you're starting a role-playing game, you have this rich world, but you have to get your players 
into and engaged with the rich world. So I was like, how do I get them like into it and like feeling it without making like eight, I don't want to make too many NPCs. I don't want to like, so the Bulldogs book has this section for building a captain and like the different traits that you can build into the captain. So like the captain's like high concept, his trouble. And so what I did was I had each of the player, there were three players and there were three slots I could fill with this captain. I had each of the players come up with a different trait for the captain. So each of them has like a buy-in now for the captain, which was great. It got folks engaged and it was easy. Just another way that uh, Brendan Taylor leaving the Bulldogs uh, book at my house has enriched my life. Excellent. Thanks for that endorsement. Uh, you can pick this uh, up at uh, GalileoGames.com or any uh, fine local gaming store. One thing I'm curious about, um, as as I'm moving myself to online gaming, and is what are the advantages that you see of online gaming that may or may not exist in person, but that you found in in doing remote gaming and online gaming? Um, so, I mean, I, I hate to hammer on it too much, but the fact that it does force you to be more intentional with what you bring into the game and also that it you really have to hone the craft of giving and taking focus, I think those are good habits that when you take them back to the table uh, from online will still serve you well. Um, so that's great. It, it's essentially training wheels for a particular style of play that I think maybe maybe is not for everybody, but I think everybody can benefit from having a little bit of. Uh, that said, there are also all sorts of interesting technological greebles that you get uh, when you step into an online space. Uh, you know, when we think about platforms like Roll20, uh, there is that dynamic lighting they have on their miniature maps and whatnot. All of a sudden, there's like some stuff that we could really only do with video games or only the most truly psychotic of game master did like with laying <laughs> right. different sheets of paper onto the dungeon so you couldn't see what was coming up like it, it is actually very cool to have access to those options uh when you're playing um i i really do think it it can have a big positive impact on the game if that's the kind of thing that you want to engage with as a group, like if you're the type of game master who gets a lot of fun out of personal play, uh, having something like Roll20 where you get to really fill your dungeon with all sorts of objects and, and set the scene for people, like it can be a massive amount of fun. Also, you can have layered communication uh, in different ways. Like, Players can send text messages to each other and whatnot while the game is ongoing and have their side conversations that way. Uh, if you're playing something like Shadowrun or whatnot, like the fact that you can send each other instant messages and whatnot might add to a bit of your immersion in the game. Right. I mean, the, the other thing that I'll say for, for online play, like that's truly extraordinary is just the accessibility of it. Like, Especially in these quarantine times where not everybody is is working, they're, they're full load and like you can't really do much job searching either. Uh, you can wake up in the morning, decide, 
I would like to play a game tonight. I would like to play a role-playing game. You can go to the Roll20 forums or uh, other like Discord communities that you happen to be in. Put the call out that you would like to play a game and have a game ready to go by that evening. Um, and that's the sort of thing that like I haven't experienced since college, but is just there all the time now for anyone who wants to invest in the effort of trying to organize that. Yeah. Yeah. There's been a number of my friends um, who've started little Facebook groups for, uh, you know, uh, organizing games in the, during the quarantine, which has led to some fun times. So, yeah. and I, I recommend like, uh, very seriously, if you're somebody who is missing role-playing right now, like if, if that has just been absent in your life and you don't know that you want to fully learn a platform like Roll20 or something like that. I highly recommend uh, the storytelling game for the Queen. Uh, it translates to online circumstances very, very well. You can use the electronic version that is up on Roll20, or I think like Tabletop Simulator has a version of it too. Or somebody who has the physical copy of that game can just pull cards for everybody. Uh, it works really, really well online. Uh, and it's very easy to throw together. That's brilliant. What a great recommendation to send us off into the world with. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am your dad. <laughs> does this podcast have a dad now you are the author of several books of rpg advice and you know i don't know that we're not in the market for a dad are you the granddad listen this is all getting very complicated <laughs> it's gonna get very difficult to, to keep track of our own canon <laughs> we've only been here for a few minutes <laughs> and our canon is already too deep <laughs> it's very good if you want to role play being our dad like <laughs> having dads that's that's what this is all about <laughs> thank Great. you so much for coming on to our podcast and and sharing your uh your role-playing wisdom with us and some advice for our listeners oh thank you so much for having me this was a blast You've been listening to D&D Dads, a role-playing advice, game advice show for everyone at the table, the parlor, or the dungeon. I've been your dad, Brennan Taylor. And I've been your dad, J.R. Blackwell. Send your questions to askyourdads at gmail.com for advice about playing, running, or writing a role-playing game. Because if we don't know the answer, we know someone who does. Eat your vegetables. Hush now, darling, dry your eye. It's not forever goodbye. There's no reason to be sad. Come join us next time here on D&D Dads. D&D Dads is hosted by Brennan Taylor and J.R. Blackwell and produced by Seamus Ronan. Our original theme music was written and performed by Kate Nix. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at D&D Dads. Rate and review us on iTunes or your favorite podcatcher. You can support the podcast on Patreon at patreon.com backslash askyourdads. Send us your questions at askyourdads at gmail.com.